all of humanity worships. We all worship something. Even if people don't realize it, their lives are lives of worship. And so as the people of God, our worship, of course, should constantly be turned back to Him. And when our affections are drawn towards other things, we should write that, correct that, and bring our worship back to God. Here in Nehemiah, we've seen God continuing to work in his people and for his people's good. He has done miraculous things on their behalf that only God could accomplish. And in response to that, the text today is going to show us the people of God planning a celebration, a celebration of worship, uh, worshiping him for all that he has done. And so turn with me to Nehemiah 12. The sermon is titled, A Worshipful Community. I'm going to read our text and pray for us. Nehemiah 12, starting in verse 1. These are the priests and Levites who went up with Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, and with Jeshua, Sariah, Jeremiah, Ezra, Amariah, Malak, Hattush, Shechaniah, Rehum, Merimoth, Ido, Genethoi, Abijah, Mejamin, Maadiah, Bilga, Shemaiah, Joyarib, Jediah, Salu, Amok, Hilkiah, Jediah. These are the heads of the priests and relatives in the day of Jeshua. The Levites, Jeshua, Benuai, Cadmiel, Sherebiah, Judah, and Madaniah. He and his relatives were in charge of the songs of praise. Bakbukiah, Unai, and their relatives stood opposite of them in the services. Jeshua fathered Joachim. Joachim fathered Eliashib. Eliashib fathered Joiada. Joiada fathered Jonathan. And Jonathan fathered Jadua. In the days of Joachim, the heads of the priestly families were Moriah of Sariah, Hananiah of Jeremiah, Meshulam of Ezra, Jehonan of Amariah, Jonathan of Malachi, Joseph of Shebaniah, Adna of Hiram, Helkai of Marioth, Zechariah of Ido, Meshulam of Ginnathon, Zikri of Abijah, Piltai of Moadiah, and of Minamin, Shemua of Bilga, Jehonathan of Shemaiah, Madani of Joarib, Uzai of Jediah, Kalai of Salai, Eber of Amok, Hashabiah of Hilkiah, and Nathanael of Jediah. In the days of Eliashib, Joiada, Johanan, and Jadua, the heads of the families of the Levites and priests, were recorded while Darius the Persian ruled. Levi's descendants, the family heads, were recorded in the book of the historical events during the days of Johanan. Son of Eliashib, the heads of the Levites, Hashabiah, Sherebiah, and Jeshua, son of Cadmiel, along with their relatives opposite them, gave praise and thanks, division by division, as David, the man of God, had prescribed. This included Madaniah, Bakbikiah, and Obadiah. Meshulam, Talman, and Akab were the gatekeepers who guarded the storerooms at the city gates. These served in the days of Joachim, son of Jeshua, son of Jozadak, and in the days of Nehemiah, the governor, and Ezra, the priest and scribe. 
At the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, they sent for the Levites wherever they lived and brought them to Jerusalem to celebrate the joyous dedication with thanksgiving and singing, accompanied by cymbals, harps, and lyres. The singers gathered from the region around Jerusalem, from the settlements of the Netophathites, from Beth Gilgal, and from the fields of Geba and Asmabeth. For they had built settlements for themselves around Jerusalem. After the priests and Levites had purified themselves, they purified the people, the city gates, and the wall. Then I brought the leaders of Judah up on top of the wall, and I appointed two large processions that gave thanks. One went to the right on the wall towards the Dung Gate, Hoshia, and half the leaders of Judah followed, along with Azariah, Ezra, Meshulam, Judah, Benjamin, Shemaiah, Jeremiah, and some of the priests' sons with trumpets, and Zechariah, son of Jonathan, son of Shemaiah, son of Madaniah, son of Micaiah, son of Zachur, son of Asaph, followed, as well as his relatives, Shemaiah, Azarel, Milai, Gilei, Maai, Nathanael, Judah, and Hanani, with the musical instruments of David, the man of God. Ezra, the scribe, went in front of them at the fountain gate. They climbed the steps of the city of David on the ascent of the wall and went above the house of David to the water gate on the east. The second Thanksgiving procession went to the left, and I followed it with half the people along the top of the wall, past the tower of the ovens to the broad wall, above the Ephraim gate and the old gate, the fish gate and the tower of Hananel and the tower of the hundred to the sheep gate. They stopped at the gate of the guard. The two Thanksgiving processions stood in the house of God. So did I and half the officials accompanying me, as well as the priest Eliakim, Maaseah, Minamin, Micaiah, Eleonai, Zechariah, and Hananiah with trumpets, and Maaseah, Shemaiah, Eliezer, Uzai, Johanan, Malchijah, Elam, and Ezer. Then the singers sang... With Jezariah as the leader. On that day, they offered great sacrifices and rejoiced because God had given them great joy. The women and children also celebrated, and Jerusalem's rejoicing was heard from far away. On that same day, men were placed in charge of the rooms that housed the supplies, contributions, first fruits, and tents. The legally required portions for the priests and Levites were gathered from the village fields because Judah was grateful to the priests and Levites who were serving. They performed the service of their God and the service of the purification, along with the singers and the gatekeepers, as David and his son Solomon had prescribed. For long ago, in the days of David and Asaph, there were heads of the singers and songs of praise and thanksgiving to God. So in the days of Zerubbabel and Nehemiah, all Israel contributed to the daily portions for the singers and gatekeepers. They also set aside daily portions for the Levites, and the Levites set aside daily portions for Aaron's descendants. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for its truth. We thank you for the opportunity to gather together, to hear from your word to be instructed, and so we ask, Holy Spirit, that you work in our hearts and minds to help us understand and keep shaping us 
into the people you desire us to be. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. So the central truth from Nehemiah 12 that I want us to hold on to is this. God's people should celebrate God's goodness. God's people should celebrate God's goodness. God is always faithful to his people. God is always good to his people. We may not always understand what is going on, but we can be certain that God is always faithful and God is always good to his people. And in response to that, the appropriate response for the people of God is to celebrate God's faithfulness, celebrate God's goodness to us, to become a worshipful community, a community that worships rightly. And so we're going to see three truths about a worshipful community from this text today. Uh, We are not going to spend time walking through the names again. In the first half of this chapter, we're going to focus our three points from the second half of the chapter because we've talked about the uh, importance of the names, why they're recorded, uh, that God knows them, God cares about them, God has a place for them. All of those names are listed to say these are the people that were coming together for the purpose of worshiping God and celebrating God uh, for what he had done for them. And so we're going to look at how they celebrated and consider what that means for us as a uh, people of God today. So the first truth is this. A worshipful community is thankful to God. A worshipful community is thankful to God We're going to look at Nehemiah 12. I'm going to read a few different verses. We're going to read 27, skip down to 31, and then 38 to 40. Nehemiah 12, verse 27. At the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, they sent for the Levites wherever they lived and brought them to Jerusalem to celebrate the joyous dedication with thanksgiving and singing accompanied by cymbals, harps, and lyres. Down to verse 31. Then I brought the leaders of Judah up on top of the wall, and I appointed two large processions that gave thanks. One went to the right of the wall towards the dung gate. Skipping down to verse 38. The second Thanksgiving procession went to the left, and I followed it with half the people along top of the wall, past the tower of the ovens to the, bre- to the broad wall, Above the Ephraim gate and by the old gate, the fish gate and the tower of Hananel and the tower of the hundred and the sheep gate. They stopped at the gate of the guard. The two Thanksgiving processions stood in the house of God. So did I and half of the officials accompanying me as well as the priest. Eliakim, we're going to stop there at 40, sorry. So a dedication ceremony was uh, was put in place. God had miraculously worked to help them complete the wall around the city to protect the city so that the people of God could do the work that God had for them. And now they're going to dedicate that wall. Uh, We probably aren't as familiar with those types of... uh, really heightened types of celebrations, like a dedication. Some of you may have dedicated children uh, when you had children that were younger. 
there are other religious traditions that still have uh, really focused, intense times of dedicating something back to the Lord. It essentially is saying, God, you've given us this wonderful gift. And we are going to honor you and we are going to dedicate it back to you to say that this is going to be used for your glory. We're going to celebrate what you have done in this. And so they plan this dedication ceremony for the wall to say, God, you have done this and we want to thank you and we want to praise you. And we want to say that we in this city are going to honor you. The way that we should, we're going to respond appropriately and be used for your glory like you want us to. And so they dedicate the wall and that dedication is going to be a time of thanksgiving and a time of praise, a time of giving to the Lord and supporting the work of the Lord. Now, one thing to note just from where we've gone through this text is At this dedication celebration, they stand on top of the wall, the wall that the Lord helped them build. Two groups, two Thanksgiving processions, march around the entire city on top of the wall, and then they're going to come together back at the house of the Lord, back at the temple for worship. And on top of the wall has a point to be made. If you remember back in Nehemiah 4, when the opposition started, uh, there were a few different people who were leading opposition, who were mocking the people of God, mocking the work that they were doing. And Tobiah, the Ammonite, was one of the uh, individuals listed who was opposing the work that God had for his people and mocking them for the work that they were doing. And Tobiah's words in Nehemiah 4 was, if even a fox climbed on top of this stone wall that they're building, it would come tumbling down. The like a smallest animal would be able to destroy this wall. They're not going to be able to protect themselves with this wall. This wall is going to be of no substance. And here, the entire people of God who have gathered in the city of God to dedicate this wall are marching along on top of it. In a sense, a take that, Tobiah. Uh, you know what you had to say is not true because not because they were so great but because God was so good to them, because God was so faithful to his people. And so they march along the top of the wall and come back to the temple to celebrate, to thank God and to praise God for everything that he had done. It was an act of worship to say we want to be intentional and pausing and thanking God because he has done this for us. Right. He had brought them back into the land. He had miraculously helped them construct a wall like this in a minimal amount of time that left the surrounding neighbors saying their God is working on their behalf. God has accomplished this for his people and they want to make sure to thank him for that. Church, God has been equally good and faithful to us as individuals. And as a church, at Dogwood Church, God has been good and faithful to us. And it is appropriate 
for us to be intentional with thanksgiving. It is appropriate and right for us to be, make sure that we stop and thank God for all that He has done. God's Word calls us to that. In several places, we're instructed to be a people of thanksgiving, a people that gives thanks to the Lord. I like the wording of this instruction from Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 28. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful. By it we may serve God acceptably with reverence and awe. Because we're receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful Thankful for what God has done for us. Thankful for God's faithfulness to us. Because Jesus came and died for our sins. Because of what Jesus has accomplished for us. Because of the promises we have because of the finished work of Jesus. Let us intentionally thank God for everything that He has done. And so I want to challenge us with really being intentional in our lives and in our worship with thanksgiving. I, I don't know how, how it is for you. I do thank God for things. But when I get into habits of prayer, I find myself often asking more than thanking. And there's nothing wrong with. We're, we're actually instructed to take our cares to the Lord. To ask God for what we need. We should ask Him But we must also be intentional and pausing and saying, God, thank you. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for Jesus over and over. We need to be a people of thanksgiving. And so I'd like to challenge us each this week with setting aside a time of prayer. And maybe just set a timer of five minutes. You could go longer if you want, but set a time of five minutes and just say, I'm not going to ask anything of the Lord for these five minutes. I'm just going to thank Him over and over again. Everything that comes to mind, thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness to me. Let's be a people of thanksgiving because a worshipful community thanks God. We give thanks to God. The second truth is this. A worshipful community sings praise to God. Worshipful community sings praise to God. Verse 28 and 29, and then I'll be skipping down to 42 and 43. The singers gathered from the region around Jerusalem, from the settlements of the Nidophathites, from Beth Gilgal, and from the fields of Geba and Asmaveth. And they had built settlements, for they had built settlements for themselves around Jerusalem. Skipping down to verse 42 and 43. And Maaseah, Shemaiah, Eliezer, Uzi, Johanan, Malchijah, Elam, and Ezer. Then the singers sang with Jezariah as their leader. On that day, they offered great sacrifices and rejoiced because God had given them great joy. The women and children also celebrated and Jerusalem's rejoicing was heard from far away. So the next action in this dedication of the wall, in this celebration, is to sing songs of praise to God. Right? Verse 42 says, The singers sang. They were rejoicing. 
I love the language there in verse 42. They were rejoicing because God had given them great joy. They were rejoicing in what God had done for them and God's goodness to them. Yes, the people of God had done a lot of work. They had worked hard. They had sacrificed. They had given of themselves. They had put their lives on the line for their brothers and for the city. But they weren't celebrating what they had accomplished. They were celebrating what God had accomplished. And so they were singing praise to God. And verse 43 tells us that all the people that were there came together for that. The men and the women and the children, everybody came together rejoicing with this great joy, singing songs of praise to God. And it says, Jerusalem's rejoicing was heard from far away. It shook the hills as the people of God stood at the temple of God singing praise. It shook the communities around. They heard those people are doing something. They're celebrating in a tremendous way. They were celebrating God. Now, with this celebration, verse 43 does mention that they offered great sacrifices. Uh, the difference for us, of course, as the people of God today, is we do not offer sacrifices like the Old Testament saints did uh, because Christ is the perfect sacrifice. He was the final sacrifice. So our worship does not include taking something to the temple to sacrifice to the Lord. But Paul does say that our lives should be lived out as a living sacrifice to the Lord. But celebration is one of worship. It is singing praise to God because God has been so good. That's why we sing in worship services on Sunday morning. When we gather as a people of God, we sing because God has been good to us. It is a way to praise Him and thank Him for that goodness. Look at how Paul instructs the Ephesians. Ephesians 5 and verse 19. Speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making music with your heart to the Lord. As a people of God who've been brought into the family of God, our time of worship is a time of celebration. It is a time of praise. It is rejoicing in God and what God has done for them. And so we sing and we make music with our hearts to the Lord. And so church, let's be a people of praise and worship. Now, our whole lives, of course, should be an act of praise and worship. It's not just gathering for a few songs on Sunday. Our whole lives can be an act of worship. But I do want to challenge us when we gather on Sunday for our worship services, let's Sing with great rejoicing because the Lord has been so good and faithful to us. Let our rejoicing on Sunday mornings rattle the rafters in here. Shake the rooftops because God has been so good and faithful. A worshipful community sings praise to God. And lastly, a worshipful community gives back to God. So verse let me get back to Nehemiah and out of Ephesians. 
verse 44 to 47, we see this next act of worship. On that same day, men were placed in charge of the rooms that housed the supplies, contributions, first fruits, and tents. The legally required portions for the priests and Levites were gathered from the village fields because Judah was grateful to the priests and the Levites who were serving. They performed their service to their God and the service of purification along with the singers and the gatekeepers, as David and his son Solomon had prescribed. For long ago, in the days of David and Asaph, there were heads of the singers and songs of praise and thanksgiving to God. So, in the days of Zerubbabel and Nehemiah, all Israel contributed to the daily portions for the singers and gatekeepers. They also set aside daily portions for the Levites. And the Levites set aside daily portions for Aaron's descendants. So when priests were on duty at the temple, they worked at the temple. That's where they had to give their efforts. Uh, the Levites, when they were serving they were serving alongside of the priest, offering, uh, like helping support the religious activities and the worship of the people of God. And in order for those people to do the work that needed to be done for worship to take place, there needed to be provisions that would be given to care for them, to make sure that the work could go on, to make sure that the worship of God would go on and would not cease. And so God, in his law, had given instructions of how to provide, of how to care for these people who were doing the ministry of the Lord, how to support the ministry of the Lord. And here we see the people of God are following that instruction. They're thinking back to the time of David and Asaph and when the instructions were given for the, uh, for the worship practices and the songs and the, and the praise and all that would take place. And they're saying, just like back then, when God's people supported the work of the Lord, we too are going to support the work of the Lord now. And it says they did so joyfully. They were glad to give for these purposes because of those that were serving. They were glad to give back to God. It was an act of worship. On our offering slide, uh, it mentions that just when we're getting ready to take up offering. It says offering an act of worship. When we give back to the ministry of the Lord, it should be an act of worship. And that's what the people of God did here. And we can see that because it says on this same day, when they were planning this great celebration for the Lord, they made sure to put people in charge of making sure that all of this giving was taken care of and the people were supported so that the worship could go on. So their gifts were intentionally an act of worship. As a people of God had been called to support, they were gladly taking part in that. And we too were called to joyfully give to the Lord for the ministry that needs to be done. And so when we, we've seen this a couple of times as we've walked through 
Nehemiah. But in 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 7, I'm going to read from the ESV. Each one must give as he's decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. When we give back to the Lord, we cheerfully give to the Lord. We do so out of worship. We often get stuck in the rut of thinking of it as an obligation. And we should be obligated to support the ministry of the Lord. As God's people, who God, everything comes from the Lord. But we shouldn't think of it just as an obligation. Just as, oh gosh, you got to give again. It should be an act of joyful worship. God has given to us. God has been faithful to us. God is always good to us. We're going to give back. We're going to support the Lord, the work of the Lord, with our gifts. And so, church, let's be cheerful givers because everything comes from the Lord. And that is a way for us to worship God with how we give back to God. God has been faithful to us. He will always be faithful to us. God has been good to us. He will always be good to us. And so, church, let's pursue a life of worship. A life that is in response to how good God has been. We're saying, I'm going to worship the Lord with thanksgiving. I'm going to worship the Lord with songs of praise that are joyful And I am going to support the work of the Lord. I'm going to give back to the Lord because everything I have comes from the Lord. So let's do that for His glory. I'm going to pray for us. God, thank You for Your goodness and Your faithfulness. We love You, Lord. Use us for Your glory. Shape us into the people You want us to be so that You can... Use us for your glory. We want to honor you with all that we do. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.